listening to episode 320 of Sci-Fi TV Rewatch. My name's Dave, and I'm joined, as always, by my co-host, Wayne, as we continue our revisit of season one of Dark. And, you know, look for those little tidbits we might have missed the first time around, details that now have a lot more meaning. And uh, these were two good ones. I mean, certainly some things that uh, we catch the third or fourth time around, wouldn't you say? Definitely. These were well. These were two episodes that are really super important, even the first time through. But uh, going through it again, there's they really do take on like this whole uh, another level of meaning when you you know start to look at it from the the lens of having already seen season two. Yeah, absolutely. All right, so uh, you know if you guys want to contact us with some episode feedback or questions or yeah, just anything. Email is sci-fi TV rewatch at gmail.com. You can also go to our website, leave a voicemail using the leave voicemail tab. Of course, you're limited to 90 seconds there. Record your own audio clip the way Fred does and send us the MP3 as an attachment. Tweet us at sci-fi TV rewatch and consider joining the Facebook group and get into the discussions there. All right. So in the what we're watching this week, uh, I was telling you uh, off air and somebody posted it on the Facebook group, but I I watched a movie on Netflix called Time Trap. So I'm not going to really talk about it, but it was uh, an indie film. It's a little over 90 minutes. It's certainly in our wheelhouse. Uh, I think you can figure by the title of the film, it, it does have to do with time and manipulating time and and all of that so that was a pretty good film but i know it's what we're watching but i wanted to bring up what i'm reading because i've mentioned the book why buffy matters before and i got it out of the library and maybe 20 30 pages in i realized i can't read this because i'm being spoiled every other sentence so i returned it to the library bought my own copy now that I'm finished Buffy, I'm able to pick it up and I'm really tearing through it. I love it. But I'm on a chapter now that's comparing Buffy with Harry Potter and not only the characters of Buffy and Harry and how they're alike, but also their support systems and the uh, antagonists that they have to deal with that there are just so many similarities between the two and, and granted a lot of this is spoilery for me regarding harry potter because i only know the first film but i was thinking about you that i i should copy Wait, a what couple that? what's that that's your only experience with harry potter is watching the first film it is i know terrible are you serious, dude? I, I know, I know. And I liked it. I, I don't know why I haven't gone on, but... You know what's even better than the film? What? Are the books, Dave. Yeah, but then I'd have to read. <laughs> anyway. They're great, man. Uh, You'd love them. Oh, come on, dude. You're you're killing me. Okay, here. well, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to copy a couple of the first pages of this chapter and send them your way. I think you'll get a, uh, get a kick out of it, even though I know you haven't seen much of Buffy, but... yeah. Anyway, that's okay. Uh, what do you got this week that you're watching? Well, I have finally gotten caught up with Agents of Shield. Wow! All right. So yeah, that they uh, while while it was happening, I was recording it. You know, I just kind of got behind a little bit, and apparently NBC is pretty quick on the changing it over to uh, having commercials every five minutes in the. Um, in the on-demand stuff, so I wasn't about to sit there for commercials. So uh, I wait. And it just—it actually comes out on Netflix pretty quickly. So um, once it came out on Netflix, tore through it. It's pretty good. Yeah, you know, I like so. Agents of Shield for me is always to me. It's there's not like a super amount of depth to it. And I know people who like the show are probably screaming and getting out the pitchforks and. You know, the effigies and everything. But, I, you know, I mean, I just find it, like, an enjoyable show. I don't necessarily find it, like, a super deep show. I find, like, some of the acting not so great many times and everything. Um, but it's always fun. And, you know, it's just, I think it's, I was actually kind of thinking about this, like, how difficult it is to sustain a single story over a whole season. And I don't understand why, actually, honestly, I don't understand why TV shows do it. Like, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., 
if they just had some one-offs every now and then, they could give themselves a little bit of a, a break. But, you know, they try to maintain the single narrative throughout uh, the whole season. It's just, I mean, that's that's difficult, man. You're, you're running basically like, uh, you know, a 13-hour movie. Well, you know, not quite, but, you know, like maybe a 12, 11-hour movie. Well, that's true. Now, granted, this season was 13. The previous seasons were all 22. But they did right, do but, the but one... Yeah. I mean, they did the one season where they had the three pods, which were you know the uh, Ghost Rider and and you know just right. different different stories. I I mean, but still, I, even though there they're they're telling a single story over, you know, instead of having like like a quote unquote monster of the week here and there. They just have this single narrative thread basically across that whole pod, even right? Yeah, I, see, I guess I love that. I, 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 I know that's what X Files did in its day, and it even has done that in its limited return. But I don't know. I guess there's something about the the ongoing story that takes you know even several years to tell. So, uh, but I know what you're saying. It, it does yeah. become difficult. So. Yeah. So uh, yeah, even like a show like Killjoys, I mean, like this is their what? Four, is this season four? Yep. That they're ending on, right? No, season and, five. You know, it's just season five. Right? I mean, you just can't really sustain that for very long. You know, ultimately it gets to a point where you've just kind of run out of story. And that's why, you know, like, kudos to the people at Dark, you know, saying, this is our story. We're not going to try and drag Dark out for 10 years. You know, we have a story to tell. We're going to tell it in X many episodes and each episode is planned out and, and boom. And then, you know, when at the end of it, we're going to be done telling the story. Yeah. I mean, there is, you know, something to be said for doing a show that way. I'm going to post a video now that you bring this up on the Facebook group that I just watched today. I forget what website it's from. It's a YouTube video. It's only about six or seven minutes. And it's really talking about why the OA wasn't renewed for a third season. But what it really addresses is the Netflix model. And even though Netflix suits don't come out and say, this is what we're doing, there's enough information out there that can be pieced together that we pretty much know what it is they're doing. And now shows really start to need... uh, need to start worrying after their second season let alone getting a third season and a fourth season because it doesn't become profitable for netflix and i understand they're running a business but for us consumers that's not very encouraging to hear but i guess it is what it is so all right well why don't we talk some dark we've got episodes 107 and 108 to talk about and that first image we see in 107, the beaten and bloody young Helga wakes up in the 1986 bunker. Uh, Ulrich left him there. Ulrich left him right in, at the door. Oh, no, no. Ulrich took him in there. Well, he took him in there, but that's in 1953. Right. Exactly. So then, so, I guess. But, I mean, then it's just a time jump away, right? Like, okay. Especially if, like, if you're no, you know what's going to happen. Right. Or okay. is it Peter? I, there, there was um, something I didn't catch the first time around um, that Peter says he first came to Winden in 1987. Yeah. Okay. And, and what's that all about? Yeah, exactly. What is that all about? Instead of answering, so we get some information here, but it only makes the mystery deeper. Yeah. You know? I mean, as long as you bring up Peter, and in this episode... Right, yeah, let's do it. The Doppler connection, I mean, you know, they get the power plant search warrant, and we see that worried Alexander, and of course, we know why he's worried. <laughs> he has good reason. Uh, you know, it was one thing to see 1986 Claudia, uh, you know, rappel down. I guess she didn't technically rappel, but <laughs> descend on the rope in her high heels and skirt and whatever. No, I guess she was wearing pants, but still... Charlotte descending into that same opening, I'm a little more comfortable with that. But alone, I I, I don't understand why you would do that as a police officer. I mean, Ulrich doing something like that, fine. I I get it. He's off the rails. But but Charlotte, she finds the yellow paint chips, which, of course, we know are from the barrels. Uh, 
and she finds the door that Ulrich tried to open before that's now welded shut. So all of these things make sense to us now that, of course, they didn't at the time. I, I, I remember thinking when I saw the yellow chips that, well, I wonder if that was something that peeled off Jonas's raincoat or something right. like that. Yeah, I remember you thinking that, yeah. But uh, um, but yeah, yeah. So like that, yeah, right. We see it now. We're like, oh yeah, that's from the uh, you know the the yellow barrels scraped against the rock as they were carting them out and left some paint chips down there that they you know didn't clean up. Right. Um, I see Charlotte as you know not. I don't think she's really far from Ulrich. I mean, she's just uh, more stable, I guess. But she is still kind of has this kind of obsessional type of personality that we see when she's younger, when she's picking up dead birds and recording stuff in her notebook about them. She's just, uh, you know, a, a, you know, the ultimate investigator, I guess. So of course she's going to go down there by herself because she wants to know the answer. Um, just like she, you know, took the, uh, the film from that, the, the photo along the forest road, despite it not being legal, like at all. Right. I, I mean, we see her drive out to the cabin, calls Peter and asks if Helga was living in the cabin in 86. And as you said, that's when he drops that semi bombshell that he came to Winden in 87. And we're thinking, well, where was he and why wasn't he with his father? Right. Uh, we know Helga's accident was November 12th, 1986. And, and of course, we know why Peter's worried, but we get that scene where Helga is eating the Raider bar in his car. And I'm thinking, yeah. eh, I guess he needs a snack while he's abducting kids. And of course, right. <laughs> you know, the Raider bar becomes important because I can't even remember who, who picks up the wrapper uh, in the, in the forest. And I'm, yeah. I, I, I think it was um, Elizabeth maybe. Okay. And of course we're thinking, why would you pick up an empty wrapper that's on the ground i mean surely you're not picking it up because you think oh maybe there's some candy bar left yeah but then you start thinking well does she know something even 11 year old elizabeth is there something about that bar that she has this knowledge of even if she doesn't know that she has Mm. that knowledge yeah so it's likely yeah yeah um so so we see Charlotte in the bunker as Jonas is opening the Sigmundus door, which, of course, triggers the flashing lights, which we finally f- figure out. And he starts he- heading back to 2019. But again, even Charlotte senses something about the bunker and then finds those scraps of the 1986 wallpaper, which for us at the time lets us know that, ah, this is that room, which, of course, we had no way of knowing that when we only saw it from the 1986 perspective with the bunk beds right. and the TV. So, right, right. Yeah, and so we see, you know, because in 2019, uh, Charlotte reaches, like, underneath the bench there and pulls out a little bit of the wallpaper. So, um, you know, so we know the bunker. We pretty much firmly got the bunker in 1986, um, obviously every time they go there, they're playing eighties pop music on the television, stuff like that. But yeah, so the, I mean, it just opens up like just so, so many questions, but I, you know, I guess no one was going to the bunker in 86 besides Hellgate. So it was just the perfect place to abduct children and kill them, I guess. Right. And we see 86 Helga dragging a dead body away from the bunker while Noah is cleaning up in the bunker and writes that 1953 date on the wall, which for us verifies that Helga is traveling through time, taking and delivering bodies because this is 1986 Helga, but he seems to be in 1953, right? I mean, you know, even at this point, I want to make sure I've got that right. Yeah. That, that adult Helga could travel in 1953. Yeah. Yeah, well, yeah, I, I, we, I don't do we. I don't know if we see him deposit the bodies there, but we certainly assume that he's the one who's deposited the bodies. Right. Yeah. Um, now we get Jonas in 1986, which is really my favorite part of the episode because, you know, in many ways, not only is he the smartest 
character and takes in this phenomenal situation he's been placed into and reacts appropriately because what must he be thinking as he's walking about? I mean, he goes to school. We get that great scene where he talks to teenage Regina, who confirms the year for him. And he's just like very methodical, asks about Enes and Michael Conwald, right? So he has enough wherewithal to not ask about Mickle Conwald, but rather Michael. Now, why he right. does that, I'm not sure. But she says Nurse Enes has no kids. Now, is that that she just doesn't know that she's taken Mickle in, I guess, at that point? Right. Well, at, at this point, she hasn't yet 100% taken them in, I think. Right? Okay. Yeah. So, so yeah. So, from her perspective, yeah, that the nurse has has no kids, which, as you know, we pointed out before, is probably a main kind of motivational factor for her in, you know, taking in Mikkel and drugging him so that he doesn't leave. But, you know, I, I, I just thought it was funny that how regimented is this kid that he wakes up in a different time period and the first thing he thinks is, oh, I better get to school. <laughs> yeah. Now, yeah. is it that or is he really, again, got the wherewithal to start there because he observes – at the hospital, Enes with Mickle, right after he, you know, figures that's probably the, the best place to go, puts together pretty quickly what's going on. And then when he is talking to the stranger later, so Mickle hangs out here until he becomes my father. Yeah, pretty much, dude. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I, I, I agree. I think what you said, is, I, I mean, mine's funnier, but yours is cor- <laughs> yeah, correct that. Um, Jonas is, yeah, he's going about this very deliberately and yeah, w- the first place he's going to start is, is school because everywhere else is different. But if he goes to school, he can interact with the people he needs to interact with without them really knowing anything or, or catching on that something strange is going on here. Right. And in the revisit, the beauty of all of this is that at the time, we still don't know the identity of the stranger. We've certainly speculated, but Jonas considers taking Mickle back with him. And the stranger lets him know that you can't meddle. If you take him back now, you're erasing your whole existence. Yeah, like violently, man. Like he grabs him, he's shaking him. Like right, but then he says, "You don't understand your role in this," which again, at the time, we're thinking, "Well, we understand his his role. We know who's who." But having seen seen season two, we understand that Jonas's role is infinitely more important than that because he becomes Adam. Yeah, which I thought the stranger wanted to stop. So you know, like. If he was really committed to this, he would say, yeah, get Mickle, get him back. You'll snuff out of existence, but you'll also take Adam out too, and that's a good thing, right? If it but works that way. Well, exactly, yeah, if it works that way, which then uh, who's to say it works in a way that if he takes Mickle back that he will snuff himself out of existence. Right. Now, he, right? Ap- he appears that he's going to confront Mickle, and he sees Hannah walk up. And we've talked many times about why people don't recognize other people when they were younger. He does recognize Hannah, and he does make the connection that, wow, that's my mother and father as 11-year-olds or 12-year-olds or whatever they are. Well, he he also saw his mother when he first got there. Right. She was with his grandfather. Right, 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 in the car. So So after he gets back to 2019, he confronts his mother – do you believe in fate? Now, we know what we saw in 86, but why does that motivate him to hug his mother? Uh, it's a little Oedipal for me, man. Like, I don't know. It's, it's starting to give me the heebie-jeebies. Yeah, I I, I don't get that. I, I guess I just, you know, it's almost as if it's so much, he's handling it so well, but my gosh, what are we expecting him to cope with? And 
he just wants his mommy and he gets a quick yeah. hug and, and and there's nothing untoward between the two of them they're no, typical not really but i mean you just like they could I, have had him she could have been sitting downstairs she could have been at the table she could have been outside gardening they could have they could have set this meeting up anywhere but no she's in bed right so that to me is suggested does he want to have sex with his mother well after you're gone down that road with your aunt, why not? Right? <laughs> <laughs> you had to go there. Now, he, now, now he burns the letter, and, and again, at the time, we're thinking like, dude. But now we know that it still exists, and sure. just because he burned it in that timeline doesn't mean that it's you know burned in others. Um, you know, we talk a lot about Egon, and again, I guess I'm of the ilk that he's not as bad a police officer as I thought the first go round. I know you don't agree. You, you think he's, oh, he's the worst. <laughs> yeah. Um, this episode totally confirmed that for me. I'm like, man, he is so bad. Is, you know, Egon's a sweet guy, actually. When, especially you see younger Egon with his little rosary wrapped around the, the um, mirror of his car. And he's so like naive and he doesn't really understand the world as it is at all. Despite, I think he's like, he looks like he's like at a, a, an age where he would have served in World War II. That, that's kind of always in the back of my mind. I know I've said this before that all the adult males in here, you know, probably, you know, I mean, this is only eight years out from the end of the war. You know, I, I would think most of these guys served, uh, so would have seen some of that dark side of the world, but Egon really doesn't seem to have seen that. He doesn't seem to have this really knowledge. He's so naive. Like, you know, he, he asks in 1986, he asks uh, Jonas about Satanists and, and Jonas laughs at him and Egon looks kind of hurt, you know, but it, it's just such a ridiculous idea. He's just so disconnected and, and, and from the world and has no real clue of what's going on. And, and again, that follows right up to the moment of his death. Like it's not until right before he dies that he understands finally then what Claudia's deal is. Yeah, and, and and while he's in the squad car with Egon, who uh, stops for him as as Jonas is walking in the rain, neither knows the other. So uh, that's a little different from you know a lot of these. Right confrontations that we have and of course he drives him to the hospital which is you know how he uh sees mickle and, and hannah like we were just talking about but i love when egon says why didn't you get your parents to drive you uh because they're like 12 years old dude yeah <laughs> but he says his um, mo- he says his mom works at the plant and yeah. that his father died which neither of course is true in this timeline but um, but but the, ultimately both are true, yeah, well, right? Because his exactly. mother does go to the plant to massage Alexander, and his father is dead. So he's not lying per se. It's just it's not true right now. Right. But this is another example of of Egon how crap of a cop he is. Because first of all, he really definitely has the thing against teenagers, right? So he sees Jonas walking in the rain, pulls over. He's going to hassle this kid. For walking, he's not doing anything wrong. And Joe says, "I'm sick." And then I can't remember what Egon says. And Joe's like, "Oh, I, I, I hurt my arm." You know, like any, you know, cop worth half his salt automatically says, "Well, I just totally caught you in a lie already." Like, what's going on? You know, would have maybe pressed that a little bit. So, well, like you said, he's got his mind focused on bringing in teenage Ulrich. And it's almost as if he can't, you know, see anything else. And like you said, the whole thing about Satanism, and, and and of course, as you said, Jonas laughs. But when Jonas is at the hospital, and he's looking for Nurse Enes, and he's talking to that other nurse who asks if he's a relative, and he says, "Well, you could say that." Yeah. And again, has he put those things together? Because Enes would be his grandmother sort of right but right exactly but he knows now like before he probably just accepted 
Because it seems like the storyline was not that Mikkel was adopted, but that Enes was, I'm sorry, Michael was adopted, but that Enes was Michael's mother. Right. And that, therefore, she was Joseph's grandmother, and, and he accepted But now he knows that Mikkel is his dad. Well, then, obviously, Enes is not his biological grandmother at all. Yeah, right. Right. Now, moving over to Ulrich, is the concept of time travel crossing his mind as he talks to the coroner about Mad's body? I mean, he starts to zone in on 1986 as he's going through his notes and his files. And, of course, we get to the point where he decides that he's going to kill 11-year-old Helga, and that's going to prevent everything that happened in 2019. So so he, he certainly focused on it at that point. But again, he just seems like he's so out of control. Why would he start to piece that kind of thing together? But I don't know. Maybe he deserves more credit than I'm giving him. I mean, I guess he's just kind of like the, um, it's like the Sherlock Holmes thing. You know, like when you eliminate the impossible what's left is is the 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 answer i guess so i don't now that i said i don't know if that really applies here but but you know like basically it's like well what else makes sense i'm pretty freaking sure this is mads so mads disappeared in 1986 he was wearing these clothes and i'm starting to remember this stuff so how on earth did he get here the coroner says that he couldn't have been frozen that whole time his uh his skin and muscles should be able to tell so he wasn't frozen the whole time so how else what else could have been done and he comes to the conclusion like you know like the time travel doesn't seem so crazy at that point when you have the evidence in front of your eyes right now he goes to see 2019 helga doppler and asks about mads in 1986 and once again ulrich just goes ballistic and at that point i'm thinking lock his ass up why on earth are you letting this madman go around I, I know i sound like a broken record here but i get that his kid's missing but at, at some point you just go too far and he tells charlotte that he knows helga has something to do with the boy's disappearances what if he's not alone he asks and of course we know he's not and then we see that sketch of Noah on her evidence board, which, right. again, at the time, we know it's Noah, but now we understand the connections and sure. and how he's related to to Helga. You know, he, you know, they are working for Noah, or are they? Yeah, is he, are, it, well, that that's the thing. We found out Noah's not the guy, right? Right, right. That it looks like Helga and Peter are working with Claudia, aren't they? I mean... Um, As I start, not Helge, Peter and Tronte. Right. You know, I mean, Helge is definitely working for Noah, but like you know, like I said, at at this point, we thought that Noah was the guy. You know, he was he's the kind of the mastermind of all this, and we find out he's not. You know, he's he's Darth Vader, but uh, Emperor Palpatine is actually running the show. Um, again, more of the Star Wars connections with. Uh, Adam, right? Right. Right. Um, and there was another, and just kind of jump into the next episode. There's actually a time Tanhouse and the stranger are talking about these 33 year cycles and relating it to the, the biblical implications of 33 year cycles. And I think Jonas actually says 33 is the age at which the Antichrist arrives or something like that. And it shows kind of a close-up of his face. And then I think it does flip to Noah right after that. So it's kind of like a, you know, the camera's like on Jonas when he talks about 33 years. Um, the Antichrist begins his reign at 33, kind of zooms in his face, but then it, you know, then quickly goes to Noah. So again, I think a red herring, because we're supposed to think here that Noah's in charge and Noah is the Antichrist. But in actuality, Jonas is the Antichrist. Oh, right. Or not 
not the stranger, but rather what the stranger right. becomes. And, and, and they start discussing whether it's possible to change the past. And we get into that whole free will versus determinism, causality. And at this point, we're trying to get a grasp on this time loop and what starts the loop. You know, did the wormhole open in 1986? Is that what started the loop? And that there was really no time travel before that. I mean, mm-hmm. we've got the device, but the device really wasn't, you know, finished until what? I guess eighty six or or even later, right? Because the device he's got the 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 newer one up on his shelf that doesn't seem to be finished, and and it's not until he reaches in Ulrich's coat that he left in the shop and finds the cell phone. Mm-hmm. And, and we know he uses the technology from the cell phone, and that seems to to allow the device to actually work in the end, right? Or am I misremembering? No, no, yeah, the, the the cell phone is integral to the operation of the device, right? Yeah. And, and and of course, at that point, we're thinking, ah, oh, there are two devices, when in actuality, it's the same device. Which again, at that time, we're not really thinking that way, but but of course, right. Uh, you know that's what happens. Um, well, this is where you know the uh, the the bootstrap paradox kind of like right. we're seeing it all over the place here. You know, like um, I guess was it uh, Ulrich shows Tanhouse the book that he hasn't written yet. Right. You know, uh, we know later Claudia will give Tanhouse the plans to the machine he built that he hasn't even had an idea of building yet. Uh, so we get all kinds of things like that going on here. Right. I mean, Ulrich is in 1953, and, and of course, we know where this is headed. He's still out of control. and He meets Agnes and Tronte on the road. Has this Agnes traveled in time yet? Right. That was bending the crap out of my brain, man. I thought of that like kind of towards the end. Like, oh, my God. This Agnes is totally – she's, she's that – age agnes when she kills her brother is she already in with sick mundus right and you know? if i had to guess i'd say maybe not but i, I was that's thinking just maybe guess. she is at that point like, we're okay because it just seems like winded like everything is happening in winded you know like her reason for coming like people don't even understand they're like what are you doing here? You look like you're very kind of metropolitan. Uh, you're super hot. Like, what are you doing coming back to Winden? Like, As she is your, not. And your son's it, super hot for his uh, age. I mean, he's like a little right, James easy Dean. there, buddy. <laughs> right, exactly. I mean, they're definitely out of the the, the league of most of the people in Winden, right? Like, right. And even the people in Winden don't understand why they're there. So that begs the question, why is she there? except that she's doing something for Sigmundus. Now, after young Helga comes home dirty after being at the construction site, and, and we get that scene where his mother, you know, orders him to take his clothes off. Uh, and, and we're, yeah, I mean, uh, that's a little creepy in and of itself. But I guess what I didn't well, notice. She's just the worst mom ever. Well, she is. But she grabs him by the ear. Yeah which I, I don't know if we talked about it at the time, but of course that's a precursor to what Ulrich's going to do to him. Uh, sure. Although he's going to use a rock to bash his ear in. Right, right. Well, his oh. mom has that, that arm fold down. Right. Like she just folds her arms and it's just like, like, like she doesn't have to even say, like it happens to, to Helge and um, I believe to, uh, to, to um, Egon as well. I can't remember what, what he says, but instead of responding, she just kind of folds her arms and he just kind of like wilts, you know, like, oh, <laughs> across the line, apparently. Right. Now, you know, we've talked a lot about the dead birds, particularly with Charlotte, who seems to be studying them, sketching them. And while, you know, that's a little bit weird, we get the scene where young Helga has the dead birds in his box. And of course, Ulrich, you know, confronts him about that but his reaction they're beautiful when they're dead he tells Ulrich and that's almost a a statement that would come out 
of the mouth of a future serial killer or well, something. Yeah. Which, and and which is right. I mean, what he is, to, right? Uh, exactly. I mean, maybe not in the traditional sense, but Ulrich's right. Helga has played a part in all of this. Now, had he killed Helga, I don't know whether we really know whether Ulrich believes he's killed this young boy and is simply hiding the body or does he feel like he just wounded him severely and he's just going to leave him in that bunker to die we don't really know that you'd think as a police officer he'd at least take the kid's pulse to find out one way or another but that said would things have changed had he killed young helga i mean we know that martha gets killed and we can't really say yet for sure whether that alters anything because we don't know because it happens at the end of the season and then of course martha 2.0 waltzes in and maybe we have our answer there so i mean but but then again we had only seen 16 year old martha We've seen 11-year-old Helga and 40-year-old Helga and 75-year-old Helga. Mm-hmm. So we know there are three versions of him. Right. We don't necessarily know that about Martha. So We, we don't. And, and for most of the people, you know, there's only, it's really only that one generation that we see three times. Right. right? Like Yana, Tronte, Claudia. Helge, Ines. So yeah. it's really just the, the kids in 53 that we see them in three different time zones. And there's loads of people we see just twice the next two generations then. But, you know, as, as we said, what really fascinates me is the people we've only seen once, like Peter. Like, right. And I, I don't can we I can we even name anyone else? beside peter who we've only seen in one we don't see in the future and we don't see in the past right yeah i i can't think of one there's there's probably somebody we're forgetting but uh, i mean there's, I, I, there's loads of characters in like 1953 that we just see once because they're old in 1953 and they're you know they're obviously dead by 1986 right now you know, talking about Tronte and Claudia, because we see them meet as children. We know they have an affair as adults, and we've talked, you know, a number of times. We don't really know who Regina's father is, right? Right. Well, what kept them apart? Why did they never marry, I wonder? Why did she apparently say stay single i mean i say that but we don't know maybe she did marry and maybe her husband just died and hasn't been part of the story but you know what dave i think maybe that love love will tear us apart again okay and and maybe tronte (laughs) got yana pregnant and had to marry her so yeah we don't know but we see helgi following young claudia but the, but that uh, I don't know how the math works on that one though you know yeah and it might Ulrich is only he was born in 1971 because okay. in 86 he's 15 okay so um so that means so so there's 53 they're probably like what like 11 or something like that so yeah you know maybe I mean you know you're not I mean it's possibly not Yana okay. up when they were like in their mid thirties or something, but you know. Okay. Now the one scene that I wanted to finish up with, and you know, if you have anything else, of course, throw it out there, but Claudia is showing Tronte around and Helga's kind of tagging along behind and he throws the stick into the cave that yeah. Gretchen chases and then gets uh, lost in time. Little shit, man. Well, uh, okay. And, <laughs> I get that. He's maybe just spiteful, it, man. He's just being spiteful because he's uh, pissed because Trump is moving in on. Okay, but he throws the stick in there. He's not freaking Dan Marino. How, I mean, he threw the stick, <laughs> right. what, like 15 feet in the cave? 
Why right. didn't the dog just pick up the stick and run back out of the cave and have him throw it again like any freaking normal dog would do? So <laughs> right. is, the, yeah, is there point. somebody in the cave that grabs Gretchen? Because it's almost as if he senses something about the cave or maybe not. Again, we, yeah. we know we've got all these lists of time when things happen, what date they happen, who they happen to. So it seems like there's probably somebody in that cave that knows he's going to throw the stick in there, knows Gretchen's going to try to retrieve it. I'm going to grab that dog, and now the dog is going to then turn up in 1986, and we'll get the scene with old Claudia and middle-aged Claudia right? and the dog. So um, yeah, again- Gretchen still, still recognizes her. Right, but again, not something that at the time means anything. <laughs> and then when Bern Doppler's speaking to that group about the uh, development of the nuclear plant, he says, with nuclear energy, we enter the future. Kind of the understatement of the uh, whole series, I would say. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. But uh, <laughs> and, and then we still don't know what the deal with the burns on Tronte's arm Right. I mean, why show those? Yeah, to I'd us? forgotten about those. So even through yeah. season two, we still don't know what the deal and if that's important Correct. at all. Well, because we don't know who Trante's dad is. Right. right. Is Jonas his dad? Yeah. That's, is Adam? I, that, that, I don't really think that's the case because that's that's messed up. That, that means he, he got with his grandmother, and that's yeah. that ain't right. That, right. <laughs> yeah. Well, so, at least he didn't get with his aunt, but or his great grandmother, I guess. Yeah. So yeah, he totally got with his head. So, all right, what else you got? Anything before we go to Fred's feedback? I, let's just let's just scope out Helga's day here. Okay, in 1953. So, so hold on. We're, we're, I have the list of of what happens to him. So, uh, it starts off uh, two older guys beat him up and then piss on him. Uh, then the the girl he likes um, is walking with this other dude and then he sends a dog to the future so that was just a really like a really really bad day for Helge. yeah no question yeah <laughs> all right so that's that's superficial more deeper stuff if you like you just with Ulrich, there's like this literally there's two different road not taken moments with him there's the one time he's driving down the forest road and he he's like going home, but he stops and he takes drives to, up the road that goes to the caves. Like here's a moment where it's like a sliding doors moment, right? If he sure. goes straight, one thing happens, but he turns and another thing happens. And then he's inside the cave. He's traveling through the tunnels in the cave. And he, again, road not taken, right? He splits off to the right. And to the left. If he goes to the right, he finds Mikkel. Maybe even gets him back. But he goes to the left, and he goes back to 1953, which is not where he wanted to be. And he's going to end up staying there for the next at least 33 years. And that yeah. made all the difference. And there's all... Right, exactly. <laughs> and there's just so many little things. Um, Katharina kind of egging him on a little bit like she obviously she's pissed because she figures out now that he definitely is having an affair with hannah this then also causes sets him off down this path um he meets with his mom what happened with his mom well he kind of confronts her about why she lied to the police when mads disappeared oh, right well, well we're right and, and so yana says she saw in 1986 she saw Helge. She didn't know it was Helge. Right. Um, and she said, I just saw this man in 2019, like the same guy. That first of years the, later. Yeah. 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 And so again, like little things like this that kind of, you know, that, that set, you know, Ulrich off on this. But there's all these like little moments, but each of them perfectly lead him into a, the course of action that leads to him smashing that rock over um in the Helge's head and then which leads to everything else which means he gets stuck there in 1953 
So right. it's just really just watching that. It was kind of, you know, again, we talked about last week about how, you know, Ulrich, we don't 100% feel sorry for him, right? We understand he is definitely the author of his own destruction in a number of ways. But you watch this and you see a guy that, yeah, he's a little unhinged, but he's he just you just see all these events just kind of lining up perfectly for him. And then on top of it, he's just making, he has these kind of fatalistic moments that he, you know, these two big moments where he could have literally gone one direction, but instead he went to the direction that's going to lead him to this terrible doom. Um, you know, this stuff with Tanhouse uh, and, and and Ulrich and then Tanhouse and Jonas, I mean, this is some pretty heavy stuff. Like, I don't even know what to think about all that. I guess I'm trying to give some kind of scientific basis. Well, I think it lays the groundwork for the fact that we're in a loop. And while we've certainly known we're time traveling, the fact that these events are going to play out over and over again until somebody can put a stop to it. I, I don't think at this point we realize that there are two factions, Claudia against Adam, but you know the, the building blocks are being put into place you know, yeah. at this point. And I think that's yeah. what that, a lot of that is about. Could there be a scene with more sexual undertone than that of Agnes making the bed with Frau Doppler? No, there could Not couldn't. Frau Doppler, Frau yes. Tiedemann. Yes. You know, you're just like, wow. Like even, even the first time you can't, you can't miss that. You're just like, no. whoa. Yeah. Right. So I like that. Yeah. Like something like that, just making the bed, but that's still, filled with kind of like sexual overtones and everything, you know? And, and again, like uh, you know, we, we talked about it many times, but it's just like the, the whole in between the, 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 the missing parts, the negative space. What don't we know? Peter, there's just negative space all around him. We have no idea where he came from. Why 19, like why, how come 98, like what 1987 was he, did, did Helge adopt him? Did, did Helge have a, a, a one night stand with a, a woman in, in Amsterdam or something, and and like she, if her, his mom died in '87 and sent her to his dad in Germany or something, like what's going on with it? Like, if it doesn't turn out, Peter's got a major role in all this. I'm I'm going to be really disappointed. So yeah, me too. Despite the fact that I don't like him as a character, but oh uh, yeah, I'm kind of warm in the Peter. Like now that like watching it now, knowing that he's not. The guy killing the kids, I, I kind of have a little bit more, you know, sympathy for him. True. Okay. Yeah, you know, it's some funny things like the the coroner in 1953 uh, trying to deal with bodies of two kids from 1986, and they're like, their clothes are made in China, and they're just like, the China, like what what's going on here? <laughs> like, um, yeah, I think that's probably about it. Okay. Cool. All right, well, why don't we head on over to the listener feedback segment because we also got some feedback besides Fred's audio this week. So uh, we'll go ahead and start with Travis Payton, who sent us an email. Greetings from Michigan, not the Netherlands, unfortunately. Uh, wanted to briefly send in a recommendation for future discussion, the 2012 film Looper. I watched this movie twice in the theater and rewatched multiple times. Great genre movie in general, but thought it had a great connection to the current discussion around dark in that both involve time travel. Also interesting in the film and dark, they have opposite ideas on the philosophy of time travel. I'm glad I found the podcast. Greatly enjoy listening to it as I watch dark for the first time. I found it to be a great way to digest each episode and expound on my own thoughts and ideas. Travis, well, thank you. yeah, absolutely. Uh, and, and thank you for checking in with us. Hope you'll stick around, join the Facebook group, you know, post there. Wayne and I have been talking about Looper uh, since we got your email. So uh, yeah, we'll just say stay tuned for, uh, for that. That is a film that both of us have seen. Not sure I totally understand it. Won't, won't go that far, but uh, we will keep you posted on that. Yeah, like a good Bruce Willis film, anyway. Yeah, so. All right, well, let's hear what Fred has to say this week, and then we'll be back to talk about it. Hello, Dave and Wayne. This is Fred from the Netherlands with some feedback for Dark Revisited Season 1, 
Episodes 7 and 8. Something very strange happened this morning when I listened to your last podcast. You were talking about Mad Men and about the actor Jared Harris who plays a role there. I'm not watching Mad Men, but my wife is. And last night I just saw a fraction of this series and I recognized him and I said to my wife, I know this guy from somewhere, but I couldn't determine from where. But I was very much planning to look it up after I came back from work. But then on my way to work, 8 o'clock this morning, you were talking about Madman and talking about this guy. And suddenly I recognized him because you told that he played the role of King George VI in The Crown. And he was also in Fringe, but as you know, I didn't watch Fringe yet. So actually I got automatically my answer of a question of last night, just by your topic, what we are watching. So very coincidental, and thanks for the service. Talking about what we are watching, what am I watching? I am watching at the moment the new season of Frankie Drake Mysteries. This is a Canadian women-centered version of Murdoch Mysteries. Not genre, but I like the 20s and I like the Canadian setting. So that's a tip if you like something like that. Probably nothing for the two of you. Furthermore, I will watch the very last episode of Killjoys after I finish this recording. It's a little bit of pity that the last season was not so good as the first four, but... I'm hoping that the finale will be as it should be. Furthermore, I'm watching Agent Carter and am enjoying The Sandbox with Mike and Dave. And I also watch Daredevil, second season. And I watched last night the first episode of Better Than Us, because Dave was talking about it as a possible follow-up on Dark. It was a little cheesy. I have some problems with the dubbing, the English dubbing over the Russian original language. Of course, I'm not so much used to dubbing, but I think it's better with English audio than with the Russian audio and just Dutch subtitles. Because fortunately, this series is also in the Netherlands on Netflix, so I can watch it there with Dutch subtitles. Not always the things that are in the US on Netflix, as for instance the series Dave was talking about and just finished, El Ministerio de Di Tempo, The Ministry of Time, that is not available here on Netflix. And with my wife I'm watching once a week or so, Californication with David Duchovny, which I like and it's still, even after four seasons, quite funny. As I said, I don't like Monty Python, I didn't like Dirk Gently the holistic detective agency, although the British was much better. You were suggesting the almighty Johnsons as a follow-up. Well, I looked at the trailer and I thought it was a little bit too silly for me. Uh, I think I won't like it if you're going to do that, but I will follow you anyhow. What I would like better than is the Umbrella Academy. I only watched the trailer there, but it gives me a much more The Magician's feeling. And I like that. And now I'm going to sound like an old record. One of the other options is still, and actually you promised, no, you never promised something like this, to consider at least do True Calling with Eliza Dushku. I liked a lot when you did Dollhouse. And another option... I'm almost afraid to say, is go on with Hemlock Grove. You already did two episodes, so you can go on with episode three. <laughs> Sorry, guys. And although you already decided not to do Dark Season 2, I would reconsider that, because it would be very nice to go on in Season 2, because in Season 2 so much happens, and you could do the same as here for Season 1. And if you see how much you talk about stuff of season one, there is enough in season two to talk about, don't worry. And if you really worry about that, do three episodes in a row. So, as I suggested before, do one, two, three together and four, five, six together and leave then, for instance, episodes seven and eight just before season three starts. I made a poll on the Facebook page, so go there and please vote 
If you want to, you can add your own suggestions and you also can vote for more options at the same time. Okay, going into episode 7 and 8. Shortly, want to come back to the big discussion about Peter Doppler you had in the last podcast. On internet there is a buzz that Peter Doppler is actually coming from the alternative universe, from the other world. And there is a several ideas on the web that also Adam is not the Jonas we know. So the stranger does not evolve into Adam, but Adam is a Jonas from the alternative universe. I find this a very appealing and interesting idea. In episode 7, Peter talks over the phone to Charlotte, or actually she talks with him, about what all happened in the 1980s with Helge, and she asks him whether Helge lived in this cabin. And then Peter answers, I don't know, because he came to Winden in 1987. What? He is Helge's son, and he is coming to Winden. Was he away for studies, psychology, or whatever? Why was he not in Winden, and where did he come from? So that makes Peter's story a little questionable again. We really miss a piece of his history. Another thing is that he and Charlotte talk about, or actually Charlotte asks him about, his father's accident, which was in 1986 in November, which is probably the accident where his older him tries to kill him. And Peter didn't come to Winden then when his father had this accident in 1986, only arrived in 87. Father has a big accident and you don't visit your father? Hmm, I don't know. When you watch these two episodes, a lot of questions pop up. You wondered before and you still have no answers to. One of them is, for instance, what happened to Doris? I can't remember if there is anywhere in the series where, for instance, Claudia talks to her father and says, when mom died, or Egon says something to Claudia, when your mother died, but perhaps I'm missing it. So, what happened to Doris? We see here the beginning connection between Agnes and Doris, and I really wonder if when they're making the bed, when Agnes touches Doris, if this is really by accident or is actually on purpose. Well, it took Doris out of her comfort zone anyhow, and perhaps for the very first time that she realizes to have some feelings for same-sex people. There is, by the way, again, a very nice piece of music behind this scene, so the Doris Agnes making the bad up scene. It's called Wishing Well by Stomper, featured Lucy Tops. There's a creeping down And another thing that I wonder is whether Agnes already knows about time travel at this moment. So is she already involved in Sigmundus? Furthermore, we have a scene here that is never explained. And I think around Tronte there is a lot not explained. So he has these burn wounds on his forearm, looking like cigarette burns. We never came back to that, what happened there. And of course we know that Agnes, her husband, was a priest, but of course we now know that wouldn't probably be Noah, because she's a brother. Other things about Tronte is that in the series there is a scene where he and young Claudia are in the woods, and he puts his trousers down, never coming back to that scene. It was even in the the kaleidoscopic opening of one of the, the episodes... So must have some importance, but we never came back to that. And Wayne suggested it before that Tronta could play a role in season 3. Because we don't see him at all in the whole of season 2. Just at the party of Katharina and Ulrich. But if we now see season 1, there must be more about him, as well as about Agnes. Okay, many other topics to discuss, but time's up. Great, all the best, Fred from the Netherlands. 
All right. Now, dude, I don't know if you've seen Californication with David Duchovny. Uh, Fred I have is not. I know you watching have. it. Yeah, it's great. He plays this author named Hank Moody, who's had a number of bestsellers, but he's now just off the rails. He's a sex addict, drug addict, alcoholic, but he's just such an endearing character mm-hmm. and uh, gosh it lasted like six or seven seasons and granted they were i think short eight to ten episode seasons but yeah fred hopefully you're gonna uh, enjoy that as much as i have now fred also mentions a poll that he put up in the facebook group about what we should cover next and the only thing i'm going to say at this point so you can save your votes you guys we're not going to be doing season two of dark, especially not three episodes at a time. So yeah. everything else, you know, we're taking it under consideration and, and well, we, we will, I think we'll go back and revisit them ultimately, but probably not till until, uh, you know, right before season three starts, I think. Yeah. Right. Or we'll do what we're doing now. We'll watch season three. Right. And then, and then revisit season two, season two yeah. you know, Yep. So, yep. So anyway. it, it'll 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 happen. We're pretty sure it'll, it's going to happen. Just, just it's not going to happen now, right? In in some form. Now, Fred has a couple questions. Some of which we've kind of talked around. Is Peter Doppler and or Adam from the other universe or world? And I think that's a question that has come up the last couple of weeks. Now that we know what we know about Martha two and I think you kind of alluded to this either last week or the week before with, with Peter. Well, is Peter from the other world? I mean, yeah, I think that's very likely. Right. And will the stranger never become Adam because of this? Um, I, I, you know, I, I don't know. Are we going to get to the point where Adam doesn't happen? In other words, we know the stranger uh-huh. wants to break the loop. Will that stop Adam from happening in the first place, or will it just simply stop Adam? I think we will see the stranger will have these blue lights coming out of his hand, and then Noah will come up and grab him and lift him in the air and then throw him down into a nuclear reactor. Right. Right. Now, you know, he again, he brings up, uh, you know, about uh, Peter and why he wasn't in Wyndon until 1987. And, and we don't really have an answer to that. You know, why why doesn't he visit his father who was in the car accident? He, he brings up Doris and that's Egon's wife. Right. I, I, I don't. I, I, I assume so. Yeah. Yeah. So I, we don't really hear much about her anymore, whether she'll be important or not. I. I have my doubts. And then he says, is Agnes, when she and Tronte arrive at the Tidemans, already involved in Adam's sick Mundus group? And that, that goes back to what I was saying. Has that Agnes time traveled? And, and I, Fred, I don't think we have an answer at this point. And then, of course, he brings up the, uh, the burns on the his burns, forearm yeah. that we still don't right. know about. And yeah. then, uh, you know, the, the scene, and I remember we talked about it at the time when Tronte and young Claudia are out in the woods and she gets him to drop his pants and we're thinking like, well, what the hell is this all about? You know, yeah. <laughs> they're like, I mean, I, I don't know that we have an answer other than uh, it, it goes back to my question a little while ago. Why did they never marry? I mean, did they not yeah. continue to like each other as teenagers in high school? I mean, what happened after college i mean tronte becomes a journalist doesn't necessarily mean he went to college so he could have been a journalist i mean i've seen stranger things i know you don't have to go to college to be a journalist but uh you know yeah well we we don't really see those yeah we don't we're not going to get those kids in high school right because they're you know like that their bit of the 33 year cycle is you know them as as young kids Right. I don't know if we're going to see him in high school or college. So, you know, but, but yeah, I mean, obviously, again, the negative space is where the compelling questions are. Yeah. Why didn't they? Clearly, they're into each other, right? Clearly, yeah. they're, and, and they're into each other when they're young, and they're definitely into each other when they're older. So, what happened in between? Yeah. All right. Anything else uh, you want to bring up about Fred's feedback? Uh, there's a good catch that of, 
the, how the uh, kaleidoscope uh, intro for season two includes um, you know Trante's trousers falling. <laughs> yeah. So that was a nice catch there. But yeah, well, the other thing you said, like you know, what was Peter studying psychology, and that's why he didn't come to win an A. He said, "Well, I mean, I really get the, the sense that he's the same age as all the other kids, right? There's no way he would have been." studying psychology already in 1987 he still would have been high school like everybody else so yeah unless that's think. like a thing maybe in germany which it could be as well yeah that you so. know they started career pass earlier but but yeah good stuff all right cool. i'm glad well, to see he's he's watching daredevil season two the daredevil's awesome the agent carter which i thought is way better than anything agents of shield did otherwise um, I'm glad to see he's watching that too. So, yeah. and I think is this was Friday the last episode of Killjoys? It was. Yep. Okay, because I, I haven't watched. It. I'm, I'm going to go watch it now. So. Oh, okay. So yeah. All right. All right. Yeah, that was. Uh, well, I don't want to say anything. Cause nah, 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 nah. We'll, we'll talk about it next week. Okay. So you can go read my review at Den of Geek. So. I will. Well, All right, well, great well, we'll go ahead and we'll go ahead and leave it there, and, and that's going to do it for this episode of Sci-Fi TV Rewatch. Want to thank you for joining us. Love to hear what you think about Dark. Anything else going on in genre TV? Encourage you to join the Facebook group. Send us an email if you want to contact us that way. It's Sci-Fi TV Rewatch at Gmail You can leave a voicemail on the website or send us an MP3 as an attachment. We'll be back next week to discuss Season 1, Episodes 9 and 10 of Dark. But until then... I think, Dan, I've really been thinking that we should have like kind of like a motto for the show. Like We should have like a catchphrase or a slogan, maybe something we could put on T-shirts or something. I think I found the perfect one. All right, you, got, you ready? I'm ready. Okay. Things are going on that make no sense. <laughs>